Good morning, folks. Um, um, Achanda and uh, Nipeng went to um, to bless a new Thai restaurant that's opening up in uh, in Wilton. Uh, it's it's called Bangkok Republic. So if you want to. Uh, uh, support them, go have something to eat there. Um, um, is that what they're doing? That's what they're doing. Achanda is uh, evidently really, really good at blessing restaurants and other <laughs> things. Uh, so, um, so, um, Today is a surprise Dharma talk today. Um, before, um, before, at the start of the session, um, Nipen gave a Dharma talk. Um, and he was um, talking, among other things, about uh, uh, the concept of uh, no self. He was saying that um, there is no I in anything. There is no I in what we see. There is uh, there is no I in our feelings. Our feelings are somehow not not our feelings. Uh, our pain. Our pain is not our pain. And uh, I'd like to talk about my lack of insight into this particular. It's not your lack of insight. No, it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> when, I, when I sit down and my knee cramps up, it's it's not my pain, it's Frank's. <laughs> so, uh, so um, I've, um, so I've never really, uh, along with Nancy, I've never really understood this, this particular topic. Uh, the monks, uh, explain it as, um, and I, under, I can understand this intellectually, they say um, we're, we're composed of um, our bodies, our thoughts, our actions, uh, they're, they're all impermanent. Um, our bodies will get old and uh, die and decay. Um, our thoughts are transient. Uh, there is nothing. There is nothing permanently that we can call our true self. Um, and I understand this, but I don't see how that helps me. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I've, I've been coming here a long time and over time I see that uh, um, this meditation uh, practice has uh, uh, changed me in some ways. Um, I'm, uh, it's all about me. Um, I'm, um, uh, I see that uh, my ego over time has uh, lessened uh, its grasp on me and I'm uh, more open to uh, um, more open to other people's thoughts and beliefs. I've become a, a better listener. So it's less about me and more about what the other person has to say. Um, I've been able to become open to other people's uh, beliefs and thoughts. I can listen to uh, um, I've been, been able to listen to people uh, with opposite beliefs and be open to what those jerks are saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, a lot of times uh, in my actions and thoughts I've uh, been uh, less than selfless and I kind of beat myself up at times for not being a, a good Buddhist. I have, I've been listening to so many Dharma talks, I, I think I should know what I should be by now, but I'm not. Um, in any case, this meditation has helped me uh, uh, lose the hold that uh, ego has uh, held on me. Um, I don't know what else to, uh, to say about that. Uh, um, if uh, if somebody has uh, some insight or some uh, comment or some personal experience they'd like to share about uh, uh, the concept of uh, no self and no uh, somebody would like to talk about that. Uh, be good to hear. Nancy. John, I, I, the name of that book, Against the Stream, keeps coming into my mind. Because sometimes I think, why is this so difficult for us to really internalize and truly? And if you think of the stream as our whole evolutionary conditioning, which would put self right front and center 
for very good reasons. Uh -huh. So we're very hardwired, I think, to put self right there, right up front, so we can survive. Mm -hmm. So we are, in fact, going against the stream. It doesn't solve the problem, except <laughs> to say it, it, it kind of helps me understand why it's so difficult to do. But then if you take into account that so much of things that were useful in evolutionary terms may not be as useful now, um, you know, maybe that helped us to not um, attach so much to it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> And, and wouldn't there be a tremendous freedom? I mean, if you think about being a motivational thing, freedom and not being attached to that because the ultimate freedom is being able to be okay with our own impermanence, our own mortality. Mm -hmm. That would be huge. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know what else to say except it's an ongoing, worthwhile, Process, I think. Yeah. If uh, our monks were here, they would just say, I'm sure that the answer to everything is just do more of this, <laughs> which I can't argue with at all. Uh, I think, I think that when we do this, we are observing the aliveness that's here at this <coughs> moment. And, and this moment is really the biggest thing there is. It's so huge. <laughs> <laughs> um, that aliveness is, is not I mean, and our, our boundaries that we create in that aliveness say, well, this happens here and that happens. You know, that little squirrel seeding um, is a bit artificial. It's a bit, it's a bit made up, but it comes very natural to us. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is not, it's not, I mean, it's, it's kind of a vanity to, uh, interpret it according to me and the other, mm -hmm. uh, me first, by the way. Mm. I, I think, I think there is no, it's, 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 it's just this experience really of the aliveness is, is not bound to self, it's bound to all the aliveness, it's bound to all, everything here. And, and so to go deeper into this moment, to go deeper into the movement or the breath or the, the, just the aliveness of, of here is, is, um, is very liberating from that, you know, very errant, failing, uh, disaster-prone, uh, death-bound uh, uh, persona. 
You know, I mean, this, 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 this it is really a wilderness. It's a total wilderness that we're cast into. And it's totally unpredictable and changeable and impermanent and, and um, I think the appreciation of, of, of that that's exactly what it is, not the fear of that, but the appreciation of the unpredictability of the spontaneity of the aliveness of it is, is what's liberating. Um, now, I, I have a huge self. I, I feel pearls of wisdom coming out of my mouth. But it's funny. <laughs> you for that. <laughs> Laugh. <laughs> so I was watching, <clears throat> listening to some of the teachings of the Dalai Lama and they were talking about one of the sutras where when you attain the clear light mind state, everything becomes just like a circus and you're watching a circus. You know, your ability to objectify and look at it. Um, you're just seeing it, knowing it's an illusion, knowing it's full of anger, delusion, greed, <laughs> jealousy. So, you know, that's the, you could actually feel the, the light in the mind and you become lighter. So, you know, I mean, I do Chinese medicine and it's so interesting how I work with a lot of older people struggling from chronic illness. and. A lot of the joint pain comes from a lot of the drying up of the synovial fluids, but to be honest, that's the metaphor of that drying up of those fluids in the body is you're supposed to become lighter. And our whole, I don't know if you were saying, but our whole social conditioning is that age is synonymous with disease. Um, but it's actually this, the gateway, um, the kidneys being the symbol, the symbol of the gate of life. Um, and that's the, one of the things that speaks to chronic disease, um, that when everything becomes lighter, the mind becomes lighter. So this journey into old age should be really that state of that beautiful lightness of being. And it's just sad to me that I work with teenagers and they're just getting sicker and sicker and the kind of diseases are, they're, are chronic. And so where's the eye in that? Well, that's very real. That is, you're carrying around something very personal. And it's hard to intellectualize the ego with that. So, um, you know, if we really put it together with the mind and the body and honor it that way, you know. Because sometimes with Buddhist, Buddhism for me has become very intellectual. And once I really put it that there's an actual desire to engage in a lighter mind, then it becomes a really amazing action. You know, I'm not really just sitting here, I'm actually really doing something with my time, rather than, oh, I should be someplace else. No, this is all that's needed at this moment. All right, so I, I hope we can all uh, develop that state of lightness and freedom and that we're able to 
transcend ourselves, whatever that is. So, uh, so um, all I got to say is keep flapping your arms around. And <laughs> we'll we'll it's get there. Today is um, today is potluck lunch day, and. Uh, Nipan has made his uh, famous bean soup for all of us. I'm sure there's rice. Um, if uh, you're like myself, um, you didn't bring anything for potluck day, but, uh, <laughs> but I am going to go over and eat some of Nipan's bean soup and some rice without guilt. <laughs> and uh, I hope you do the same. And he so. likes to use kidney beans. <laughs> Just, <a kid. laughs> Just so you know, he does. He uses kidney beans a lot. Yes, kidney <laughs> beans. <laughs> kidney beans are important. Oh, so uh, a gate of life. It's yeah, a whole right. source of our vitality. It's but with those kidney beans. Oh, he knows. He knows something. All right. So <laughs> en <laughs> enjoy lunch, folks. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Thank you.